Today, I want to look at a, a passage of scripture that you may be familiar with, um, but one that I think is really important, uh, that is not just a, a lesson in the back of our mind that we check off the box mentally and think that we've got it, but something that we're actually putting in practice. I actually believe that um, Jesus gave us an instruction that this is really important. And I also think it's not easy and uh, something that I think is really important for us to talk about. So why don't we pray as we kind of turn our attention to the scripture uh, this morning. And I want to say a special prayer over each of you. Rebecca and I, while we appreciate you so much, we care about you so much, we pray for you frequently. And in uh, more than 10 years, in this summer, we're coming on 11 years from when we moved here, we... Um, you are priority for us and what God is doing in your lives. And so uh, I want to just uh, pray for you right now. God, I thank you that you've not asked us to go through life alone, but you've given us the opportunity to share life together. That as a spiritual family, as a church family, we can share the good days and the bad days. We can love each other, encourage each other, support each other, and share honestly with uh, the challenges that we face. And Lord, I just, um, right now, I ask that all of my brothers and sisters in the faith, that you would help them to be aware of your presence right now, that you would meet them right where they're at, that you would help us to push aside anything that would distract us. Help us to be more focused on you than anything else. Help us to bring our cares to you, believing that you care for us. Help us, God, to uh, confess where we've been wrong, turn away from it, and receive forgiveness from you that just comes by your grace. Help us to believe wholeheartedly Jesus is Savior. Help us to receive your grace and your love today. God, I thank you that you are all-powerful. I thank you that you are all-knowing, that nothing has caught you off guard, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, that great is your faithfulness, and that your tender mercies are new every morning. I thank you, God, that that's who you are. Help us as we look at the scripture today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'd like to turn our attention to Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, we see that there is some dialogue between Jesus and his followers, some kind of life lessons. And they've noticed that the way that Jesus does, it does life is unique. And obviously, they've noticed that his relationship with God is powerful, is strong, is, brings to Jesus a peace, a strength that is different. And yet there's something inviting, welcoming, humble, accessible about the teaching of Jesus that they find this a freedom and an ability to ask Jesus questions about how they should be living, to ask Jesus for guidance about how they should be in relationship with God. And so that's what's going on. And Jesus has started a conversation with them, a teaching with them about how they should be praying. And I know that prayer can be a difficult subject. It's possible that we have found it to be difficult. And that's a normal human experience. Uh, Because growing up, we tend to be focused on ourselves on what we're thinking, on what we're feeling. And 
life comes at us fast and there's a lot going on and we get into a lot of stuff. And so it can be really difficult for us to get some spiritual focus long enough to be truly aware of who we are speaking with and to truly listen to God. It's not an easy thing. It, it requires time, it requires energy. It requires focus. It, it actually, in order for us to calm down enough to truly have a meaningful conversation with God, you got to set aside the time and the energy um, and make some decisions about how to not be distracted. And Jesus actually speaks to this as a priority. Matthew 6, 6, the way I would, um, in today's language, phrase what he's saying to them is, hey, have some frequent, personal, private prayer time with God. There's a time and a place for praying with others. And that's, a, that's important. And, and we're actually looking at this because I think that prayer is one of the most important things for us as a church family this year. So yeah, there, there's a time and a place for that. But Jesus is saying in this teaching, hey, have some frequent, private, personal prayer time with God. And then he goes on a little bit further in verse 8. And here's how I would phrase what he says there. Don't just repeat words that are meaningless to you, thinking that the repeated activity will get you what you want from God. <laughs> Jesus is getting real. Jesus is, is speaking plainly. Uh, it sounds like Jesus kind of knows humans. Uh, he, he knows um, what we're like. And, uh, but he says, yeah, don't just repeat words that are meaningless to you, thinking that the repeated activity will get you what you want. And then he says this, hey, pray like this. And we see this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, and Luke 11, verses 1 through 4. Um, and I'll give you, you're probably used to, uh, maybe as a kid, you heard the old King James version of it, which would be, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Some add on. Here, let's take a different look at it from the New Living, which puts it kind of in today's English, but a faithful translation of those words. So Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven... May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So let's take a, a look first at the beginning part of this, because I think the beginning of this prayer is really important. And let me just give you a quote as to why. And it's from uh, one of the books that we've given away as a church for a long time that I think should be a top five for, for Christians. And that is just simply entitled Prayer by Timothy Keller. And here's a quote from the book. If prayer only starts from our thoughts and emotions, then it will be limited by them. We will only ever enjoy part of the relationship with God that he designed. If God is not the starting point, then our own perceived emotional needs become the drivers and sole focus of our prayer. We cannot grow in a relationship with a person unless we know 
unless we learn who they are. And I think that's the genius of, of the suggestion that Jesus gives us in this pattern of prayer. It's setting it in the language of God, in an understanding of who God is. It's giving us a power tool, an ability to, to do something uh, with God's strength that we couldn't do just in our own strength. But the psychology of it is genius because it's a focus on who you are with. Um, have you ever had a parent or somebody else say, who are you talking to? Sometimes you might say something to a person that has lost respect for who they are. Who do you think you're talking to? Right? So Jesus, there's a genius in, in, in all of this and that Jesus says, hey, start with this. And it starts with an awareness of who God the Father is. So who is God the Father? Well, this word God that, that Jesus is, is using, and, and we have the word Father, which is a term of endearment. Abba is this very familiar, close, intimate word for a father. So it's a, it is, that, that's a whole lesson in and of itself, because it's not, hey, domineering person, dictator, soldier. Um, it's not appealing. It's not starting off with that. It's, it's starting with this, the living God, right? The maker of heaven and earth, the one who is the giver of life, the one who is more powerful than any other, the one who is all-knowing, the one who is eternal, the one who always has been and always will be, right? God the Father, Abba Father, this loving God, the way Jesus teaches on multiple occasions about God's love for us in this loving Father, faithful Father, caring Father, compassionate Father, aware of our needs Father, that, that that Father, right, Father God, who is in heaven, who is above this earth, who is transcendent, who is not limited by what is happening in this earth, who is not overwhelmed by what's happening in this earth. Our Father who is in heaven, who is powerful, who brought this world into existence. We see in John 1, who spoke through Jesus, let there be light, and, and created the world, and right, the galaxies, the sun, moon, and stars. So this, this God who is in heaven, who is not confronted by, overwhelmed by the enemy of our soul in this world, any evil force or the brokenness of our world, but who is ready to bring new spiritual life to our natural world in the future when Jesus returns. This God who is powerful, who is strong, who knows what's going on, our Father who is in heaven. We want to focus on who we are talking to. And sometimes I find it really helpful before I just start blabbing on and, and saying whatever comes to my mind to stop and have a moment of silence. And sometimes you just got to even set a one minute timer on your phone or something to just be still and to be quiet. There is an amazing value to be quiet. Um, one of the things that I used to do when I had a job where I, I was I was driving to an office every day and and um, the last job I had uh, like that the drive home on an average was an hour and um, I, I realized that sometimes I got home and this is when um, Charlotte uh, was still very little and Gideon was was still a baby. Um, <clears throat> If I, um, and I carpooled through most of that. So, you know, I had a coworker and, you know, we'd be talking about who knows what. Uh, but then 
if I dropped him off first and then was driving home, or if he dropped me off, I would you know, stand in the driveway, I would take a minute to think about my family, what I appreciated about them, what I loved about them, and that I wanted to be with them so that when I walk in the door, I try to have my head in the right space. And I, I had to learn that the hard way because I didn't always do that. And I wasn't always perfect in that. But it's, it's kind of a helpful lesson. Who are you talking to? So Jesus starts this prayer, sets up this prayer with that in mind. Who are we talking to? Well, we're talking to God, the God above all other gods, the one true living God above whom there is no one else. No one is more powerful than God, right? And Abba Father, a loving and caring Father who cares about you and is aware of what's going on in your life and has already even set things in motion to provide for you that you're not even aware of that can help take care of some of the challenges we face in life. So God above all other gods, one true living God, and Abba Father, the one who cares about us, who's compassionate about us. And then we get this word hallowed, hallowed be thy name. And, and, and what <laughs> does that mean? Well, it means to feel reverence for. I, I, I am aware that this God is more powerful than me. I have a sense of awe. I, I, have, I have a sense of woe. This is, this God is powerful. The one true living God, right? So, Hallowed, I, I have this reverence for, and I am vocalizing, I am speaking <clears throat> honor to God. I'm speaking, I honor you above all others. Because you are, and wrapped up in this word, we also have a reverence for, an honor for that which is holy. Holy meaning pure and without defect and like none other. So, God, the Father, is holy, is pure. Is that selfish and manipulative and making mistakes and lying and deceiving and, and like humans? No, God's not like that at all. God's not like that at all. He is pure, without fault or defect. I, I don't know about you. I have birthmarks. I have defects. I have weaknesses, right? I have a sin nature, right? So I have, you know, <clears throat> defects of character, things, uh, bad habits that I used to have that I've grown up out of, right? So God does not have defects. God is pure, wonderful, faithful, overflowing in love and grace and mercy. Not one who makes promises and then backs out of them this faithful God. But what I'm saying in this, Abba Father who is in heaven, like God, Father God who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'm saying, may you be acknowledged as God. God, I am acknowledging you are powerful. You are pure. You are wonderful. You are above any other. You are without compare. That's where I'm starting the conversation. I'm starting the conversation with may you be acknowledged as God. And wrapped up in this word hallowed, we have praise. It's a prayer that lifts up God and describes God as most valuable, God as most wonderful, God as most brilliant, God as most powerful, God as most knowledgeable. I'm starting the prayer with, Father God who is in heaven, hallowed be. 
And, and in fact, the phrase, your name, in this sense, in the way that Jesus spoke it, can't be translated into a number of the languages we have in the world today. Um, and so a, a lot of people, are their version of this is simply going to be, God, I praise you. God, I praise you. Another quote from the book from Timothy Keller that I find to be helpful. We must know the awe of praising his glory. God's glory is jaw-dropping. And we need to know this. We need to experience it. We need to learn it. We must know the awe of praising his glory. The intimacy of finding his grace. And the struggle of asking his help. All of which can lead us to know the spiritual reality of his presence. Prayer then is both awe and intimacy, struggle and reality. I love this quote so much. There's so much to it that is valuable, that's helpful, that I have found to be true in my own life. Listen, prayer is not easy. But, and and I, I recognize that my journey with it is a little bit unique from others. When I was a teenager, my journey included um, having a, a real awareness that I was unable to find ultimate fulfillment, peace, joy, happiness on my own. And I became really depressed, really angry, bitter against people that had really done me wrong, taken me for granted, taken advantage of me. And really guilty about the other people that I had taken advantage of. And it just snowballed into depression and anxiety. Where I, I wasn't sure I wanted to live anymore. Where I wasn't sure that life was worth living. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, out in the streets, actually standing on the edge of a cliff that wasn't too far from where my parents lived. 100 foot cliff, looking down a rock wall. In that moment... God reached out to me in a powerful way and pulled me back from that ledge and from what I was feeling. And in, in my teenage self, I said, okay, God, if, if you're real, I'll give you a chance. And I start, it started this dialogue with God, this conversation with God, that to me, to this day, every day, I look at as essential for my survival. For me personally, I, I've tried to do life without it. And I can't. I can't find happiness without it. And so for me, every day, I, I need to connect with God. It helps me have a true sense of peace, of freedom from those things that controlled me in the past, of spiritual strength, of purpose in life, of fulfillment, even when there are things that are disappointing and discouraging. But it's because I've learned every day to pray this, the Lord's Prayer. And I've learned to start with a focus on who God is. And that has really helped me find that the prayer time can be really fulfilling, helpful, even exciting. And, and a conversation that's meaningful. And a conversation not with a God that I have created out of my own imagination which I think a lot of people end up doing, and that's why it's not fulfilling, and that's why it's frustrating, because it's just only their imagination. We've got to 
soak up like a sponge enough stuff, enough truth from Scripture about who God is for this relationship to be truly meaningful and fulfilling and exciting and helpful. And when we do, the Holy Spirit connects with us in a way that doesn't happen when it's just ourselves. We come to a place of relationship with God that is powerful. And as we lift up God, as we praise God, as we describe the things about God that are true, that are powerful, we see in our evaluation, in our perspective of who God is, like the front windshield of a car, which is so much bigger than the rear window, right? The, the, the mirror, the mirror, the rear view mirror, the, the windshield is so much bigger. When I'm focusing on God and that is what is bigger in my perspective, everything else has a tendency to fall in place and seem way more manageable, not overwhelming, not as discouraging, not as depressing. Uh, when I start the conversation here by praising God, it sets me up for an honest conversation that is life-giving, not depressing, that is encouraging, that is the way that Jesus described that we should draw strength from this relationship with God. So I want to encourage you today, now, to learn how to start your dialogue with God with our Father in heaven May your name be kept holy. I praise you. Start with, and just go from there, even with your own words, describing who you believe God to be. God, I believe you're more powerful than any other. God, I believe you're pure and holy without defect. God, I believe you're overflowing with love. God, I believe you've given me life. God, I believe you are wonderful and faithful and forgiving. God, thank you that you have saved me, forgiven me of my sins, given me new spiritual life. Start your prayer there, and I believe you're going to find it to be helpful exciting, meaningful. Would you please allow me to pray for you today? Um, and just know that Rebecca and I are praying for you. We care about you. We know this isn't easy, but we also know that it's meaningful if you really activate it. God, I thank you for all of our spiritual family, City Harbor Church, and anyone watching this. Lord, I ask, would you please help us to get a hold of this truth that you provided through Jesus to activate it, to do something about it the way that you told us to. And help us, God, we need help to push out any and all other distractions, to start with a pure focus on you. Help us, God, we need, we need help with this. It's not easy in our human nature and with the, the way that life always has something that's chirping at us. And God, I ask for all of my spiritual family, Lord, would you help them that as they set aside time to do this, that it would miraculously be uninterrupted and that they would sense your presence, that there would be close personal contact, that as they seek out that private place with you, they'd be aware of your presence, aware of your love, aware of who you are, and that that beginning of that conversation would truly have, Lord, your glory, that your glory, your peace, your joy would enter the room where they are, the place where they are. I thank you, God, that you give us this instruction to be helpful to us. 
Thank you, God, that you care for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I hope this is helpful to you. Remember, the audio for this is available through a number of different um, podcast apps like Spotify, Apple, also, cityharborchurch.com slash messages, you can download or stream the audio and look at the notes for all this. Uh, grace and peace to you. Have a great week.